Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's happening, Ravens fans? It's Kyrie Thompson here with another episode of the Believe in Ravens podcast. Just me this time. Our guy, Danny Wilcox, will be back a little bit later. Let's start it off easy. 25-9 opening week victory against the Houston Texans. More or less what we thought that it would be. Though The Texans put up a good fight. Got to give it to them. And also, I was impressed with what C.J. Stroud did in his first ever NFL start against a ton of pressure. The Ravens were coming at him all night long. I think he generally did his best. He battled out there. He made some good decisions. It is what it is. That team's not really ready to compete for anything. But, I mean, a win is a win in the NFL. You take it, especially since you're about to go up in a tough division matchup against the Bengals. More on that later. But let's start it off with what we saw in the game. And as I like to do these days, it's time for some highlights. Let's go ahead and take a look at I think that the the theme of the night, or the theme of the day, I should say, was pressure on Stroud. They got bodies in his face. They were in passing lanes. They made things difficult. And then you got got a couple of sacks. You got five sacks on C.J. Stroud. And I think the thing that stood out to me is that three of them came off of blitzes. You had one each from Roquan Smith, one from Patrick Queen, and one from Ardarius Washington. Okay, look, that's my guy. I, 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 I tried to tell all of y'all. I don't know how many times I tried to tell y'all. Okay. Zay Flowers is, he's a dude. He, he is an absolute dude. Okay. All draft, all I heard was, well, you can't spend a first round res- a pick on a receiver. Okay. None of them are really worth that. D- does that look like that's not worth that to you? Okay. Because that looks pretty good to me. All right, and it's and it's not just also look look at that nice hole shot by Lamar Jackson. He didn't have his best day, honestly, throwing the football, but it was sufficient enough to get it done. And then J.K. Dobbins, really unfortunate that he's now gone for the season with an injury. Good to see him get into the end zone at least before that, but it's going to raise some questions about how the running back room is going to handle it. I mean, I think most likely the way they're going to handle it is. Melvin Gordon is just going to come off the the 50. He's going to come off the practice squad onto the 53 man roster. Lamar Jackson doing what he does. It is amazing how hard it is to square that guy up when he's running. Cause we see other guys scrambling like Josh Allen, Josh Allen wants to get hurt. You know what I mean? Justin Matabike. That's going to be one of the guys I want to talk about today because he, I mean, he had a tough penalty that, that, uh, Took away, took away a stop early in the game, but he was consistently in the quarterback's face. Zay Flowers getting open again. Look, look at the, uh, look, man. Look at look, man. The Ravens haven't had a wide receiver doing stuff like this since Lamar Jackson has been here. You can go ahead and you can give me Hollywood Brown, small, shifty, whatever. But this is this is a different level. Get the ball in this man's head. Look at that route. Look at that pivot. And then he gets in the open field, and he's just a nightmare, okay? And, and he's swagging out. He know he knows he's good. Sometimes it's difficult for wide receivers early in their careers. It, it's, it's a little tough to figure out if they are going to be good or not. You got to give it a little bit of time, give them time to develop. But sometimes you just know 
sometimes a dude is is that dude from the beginning and it looked pretty clear to me like zay flowers was the best offensive player on the baltimore ravens during sunday's win against the texans it is what it is man just just enjoy it enjoy having a rookie receiver who is that dude who is that good right away now Let's go ahead and get into some of the numbers, all right? So I, I was talking about the pressure on C.J. Stroud. Five sacks, right? You get the guy on the ground. That, that's the number one sack everybody's going to want to pay. The number one stat everyone is going to want to pay attention to. But let's draw your attention to one of the bigger numbers. 30 pressures, according to Pro Football Focus, by the Ravens. A, a total of 30 pressures. Sometimes you can get you know guys having multiple pressures on, on one play, and, and that can inflate the number. But still, I want I want to talk about that because that right there is the biggest single issue that people had about the Baltimore Ravens, I think, especially on the defensive side of the ball coming into the season. How are they going to get pressure on quarterbacks and take some of the pressure off of their secondary to, to cover all the time and eventually get picked apart because you can't cover forever? Well, the answer was a steady dose of blitzing your amazing blitzing linebackers. I mean, you have two of the best blitzing inside linebackers in football in Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith. Each one of them comes up with a sack in this game. And, and again, they, they were on that early. And, and, I, and I absolutely a million percent support that. They are going to have to do that sort of thing. And... I don't know if if that helped out in other aspects, whether they just created they just created matchup problems that the Texans had a hard time solving, especially given that they didn't have their full starting offensive line. Laramie Tunsil was still in the game, but I think they they had him they they had him scrambling a little bit. He was committing penalties. He did not look quite at his best because I think they were throwing a lot at this offensive line in terms of the pressure. And, and generally, they they just kept it on Stroud. Now, give it to him. I mean, he got the ball out. He didn't make bad mistakes. But when when the defense is coming after you the entire time, you're throwing hot routes. You're, you're tending to throw shorter stuff. Or maybe you're throwing man if they can pick it up. But Stroud was just having to get the ball out of his hands, and then you come up and tackle. And then it's as simple as that. So let's get to some of the, the best numbers here when it comes to pressure. Adafe Owe. Seven pressures in this game. No sacks. See, this is the thing, right? When when a guy doesn't get sacks, you think sometimes you can think, where was he? Did he was he really that good? Seven pressures for Adafe Owe. He seems like he's kind of establishing himself pretty early as being that the guy in terms of the pass rushing core here. The next guy on the list, the next two actually, I think are the are are a couple of the highlights here. Jadevian Clowney and Justin Matabike. I wasn't necessarily critical of Clowney, but I was trying to temper some expectations a little bit when it came to him in the sense that he is has generally been a better run defender in his career than he's been a pass rusher. But five pressures, that'll do for your first time playing for this new team. And again, just, just him being on the field and having 35 pass rush snaps is a big deal. Okay. Because health and availability has always been kind of Clowney's biggest concern. I will say yet 
he should have had a sack. Okay, but he couldn't get C.J. Stroud on the ground when he had him absolutely dead to rights, unblocked. And I'm kind of amazed Stroud stayed on his feet because even though he kind of shrugged off the worst of the hit and it wasn't great, it wasn't a you know perfect effort by Clowney. That's a really big, strong dude. That I mean, even a glancing blow is probably enough to take down some guys. And Stroud got out of it. That should have been a sack for Clowney. Got to finish that play. That said, I think that he was he he was doing enough to be impactful. You know, four hurries. You know, one quarterback hit. So this is this is the kind of stuff that encourages you a bit. And then Matabike had a sack, had three hurries. Maybe not necessarily the person you expected, right? Because you were looking for more on on you know David Ajabo, right? or perhaps a little bit of like a sprinkle here and there of, of Tavius Robinson, which you did get. But those previous two that I mentioned, Ajabo and Robinson, one pressure each. And Ajabo played, he, he, had 30, he had 31 reps against the pass, 28 pass rush reps. Now, I mean, that's more, I mean, Matabike obviously had more. It seems like he's clearly the dude or at least like for, for this game, he he's in that tier of, of top pass rushers right now above, above Ajabo and, and Robinson. But again, I think that you're hoping for a little bit more from, you know, a, a second round pick in Ajabo. But again, he's got to kind of get his legs under him early in the season. Remember, this is his first NFL action at this point because he missed last year with, with a knee injury. So hopefully that comes along a little bit more, but whether it was because of the, the injuries to the Texans offensive line, or whether it's because these guys are better than we thought that'll do for a first time around again, 30 pressures got to love it. One concern that I have with the Ravens actually, okay, let, let's, let's start with, let's start with the, the overall point here, which is that, Lamar Jackson didn't have a, a great game by his standards. Again, the Ravens win, so you're not gonna you're not gonna overly critique it. It's also week one. It's week one in in a week across the NFL where there was a lot of bad quarterback play, like bad, bad. And you could see that there were still some nice throws on Lamar Jackson's film, but I mean. Look at look at that Bills game last night where Josh Allen turns it over four times. That was ugly. Okay. You've got <laughs> I mean, you've got guys like Baker Mayfield winning games, really not playing very well at all. You know what I mean? And just generally, I feel like aside from maybe like a like a Brock Purdy or a Tua Tunga Vailoa performance, where you're like, oh yeah. Those guys were really out there dealing. I mean, even Patrick Mahomes. So Patrick Mahomes, I think, was struggling a bit more because his receivers weren't very good. It, it, it felt like a feel-out week for quarterbacks where you're going to be like, okay, look, that whole week one thing, we're going to put that behind us. That was a burn the tape or learn from the tape kind of day. But the stats for Lamar Jackson, not great to start things off 169 yards passing no touchdowns one interception qbr of 13.6 not ideal another thing i noticed was that the ravens didn't run lamar at all 
I mean, not not designed runs. He he scrambled a couple of times and had a couple of carries for for a decent chunk of yardage. Uh, but they did not run him in this game, and that's a little bit. Look, you don't want to run the quarterback all the time, especially if you're Lamar Jackson. You want to keep the guy healthy. And I, again, it's week one, right? We don't need to be heroes right now, okay, Josh Allen? What the hell? What are you doing? Okay, so it's not a big deal. But I think that when they don't run Lamar Jackson at all from an intentional standpoint with a lot of these athletic quarterbacks, it helps get you in the rhythm of the game a bit. And one thing I give credit to Lamar Jackson for is really never giving himself up for a a huge hit. He like never gets rocked out there. He does a great job protecting himself. I think going forward, especially starting this week against the Bengals, Going to see a little bit more of Lamar Jackson run game from Todd Monken. Because, yeah, it's about the pass game. It's about opening things up. And you could see some of the fruits of that labor in terms of the the routes that were getting open, getting the ball to Zay Flowers on quick screens and and hitting him with that little cover two hole shot. Hit Rashad Bateman at one point. Odell Beckham Jr. didn't do much in terms of you know, kind of getting on the board, no touchdowns, but he did draw pass interference penalty. I mean, it's 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 a work in progress, and that's okay. I think that you're going to see a little bit more of the real Ravens offensive game plan later. So I'm not overly concerned about Lamar Jackson. Look, he's had games like this before. He bounces back. He's an MVP caliber player. It's going to be fine, okay? Now, we don't want him get get sacked four times. Let's let's try to let's try to avoid that part of it. Um, but we'll we'll see what this looks like against a Bengals team that's gonna be pissed coming into this next week's matchup. Now, I, I do want to say that while I was bringing up Lamar Jackson not running, the running game itself for the Baltimore Ravens was not very good in this game. Now, you might look at it and say, well, they had 113 yard, yards rushing. That's not bad. Well, 41 of those yards came from Lamar Jackson scrambling, which is, I mean, okay, that, that's not even that crazy given what he would, what he might normally be doing or what he can do. It's not the biggest rushing game he's ever had, but 41 of those yards came from, from scrambles from Lamar Jackson. So then that means you've got how many yards? 54, 18. So what is that? 72 yards from the rest of the running backs. Obviously, J.K. Dobbins gets hurt here, so so you got to take that into account. But let's pare it down even further. 22. Actually, no. No, sorry, I was looking at the wrong thing. So you had a couple of rushing yards come from Zay Flowers as well. Maybe not as much, but, I mean, you got got to factor it in. They kind of hit him with some end-arounds, got him running the football. So the the non-Lamar Jacksons ran the ball for 72 yards on, let's see what we got here, 24, 26 carries. That's not very good. And so what do you do about that going forward, especially with no J.K. Dobbins? You're going to see Justice Hill and Gus Edwards get a bunch more carries going forward here. Melvin Gordon probably going to get elevated from the practice squad to the 53-man roster in terms of like actually signed to the 53. Keaton Mitchell is not going to factor into this yet because he's on IR to start the season. But it, it you don't want to get into a situation where 
Lamar Jackson got to put on the Superman cape every single time. That's not going to be good for your offense. That's not going to be good for your team. And so they need to be able to find more running game than what they had against the Texans. And yeah, it's not Greg Roman's offense anymore, but you got to be able to do that one way or another. And I mean, Todd Munkin has plenty of experience designing run game from his days in Georgia. They run the ball a lot there too. It's not like they're, it's all about spread offense, throw it out, air raid, blah, 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 whatever. So you, you got to figure that part out. It doesn't seem like, and I mean, John Harbaugh said that they intend to keep it in-house in terms of their search for the next running back. So that would, again, lend me to believe that it's going to be Melvin Gordon in this case, just, just coming up. And then you keep the running backs that you have. Maybe you add another veteran down the line, but I don't know that you absolutely have to, especially once Keaton Mitchell comes back. It'll be interesting that it will. Um, but I think that getting a better running game is also going to help Lamar Jackson be a little bit better. All right, real quick, three stars. I already mentioned two of them, which is Jadevian Clowney, Justin Matavike. I just think it's huge, right? When when we spent all this time worrying about who's getting after the passer and then for them to combine for nine pressures and a sack, that's good stuff. And then my other star of the game. What what do you need me to say? Okay, what do do I do I need to say his name? Okay. Zay Flowers is the best. He was the best player on the offensive side of the football for the Baltimore Ravens. And I think going forward, that's huge for what the rest of the Ravens weapons can be. I mean, again, like, like I said, Odell Beckham Jr. didn't necessarily do that much from, from a you know, perspective of, of the numbers. But again, the fact that he that he's out there and that you can get him a little bit more involved with this offense and that you're not forcing a dude basically playing for the first time in two years to all of a sudden be your savior, that your 22nd overall pick, it looks like you, it looks like you may have finally hit on a, on a first round receiver. I don't know. To, to me, that's massive. And I think that, you know, it, it just opens up different dimensions. You saw how much they were trying to get Zay Flowers the ball, whether it was handoffs, screens, throwing the ball on corner routes, getting it down the field. I mean, there were, I mean, he was open on more routes than, than the ones where he got the ball as well. I mean, if you go on PFF, I know people, you know, take uh, PFF with a grain of salt. I absolutely respect that. I think you should too. But I just want to give you an idea for a rookie first NFL game to come out with an 80, 80.3 receiving grade. That is, that is like in the upper, upper echelon of the league as a rookie in your first game. Come on. We, we, we love it. You love it. And so, you know, nine catches for 78 yards for Zay flowers to lead the way. And then no one else has more than 40. Okay. Odell Beckham Jr. has two catches for 37 yards. Rashad Bateman, three catches for 35. Now, and then and then the rest is tight ends. Because remember, you didn't have Mark Andrews in this game. So once you do have Mark Andrews back, and then you get to torture defenses a little bit with, oh, well, Lamar Jackson got his favorite target back, and he's he's got Zay Flowers to throw to. That's going to open things up even more. And then you didn't even have to worry about the Devin Duvernay 
or the Nelson Aguilar of it all. You had your three top receivers just going out there doing their thing. Now, I will say that the lack of Mark Andrews, I think, did hurt them a bit. And then you look at where a lot of you know, where they threw Zay Flowers the ball, his his average depth of target was not particularly high, you know, 2.6 yards. Okay. So they're getting him, they're getting in the ball quick, they're getting the ball with screens. You want to see them get the ball down the field more for this week. That game plan is just fine. Now, in this next game that we want to go ahead and talk about, you want to see them push it a little bit more and open up the offense a little bit. Now, again, this is, this is a long season. Okay, you got 16 more games after this. So you don't necessarily want to put everything on the film, show people everything that you're doing, but you want to see a little bit more of that against the Bengals. And depending on, on what Mark Andrews' status is, if he can play this week, I mean, really, it's just it's just the sooner the better because I think that he's he's the guy that that kind of stirs the drink overall. We'll we'll see when it comes to when he and Zay Flowers are on the field at the same time. We'll 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 figure that part out. Now it, it sounds like you know with this quad injury, John Harbaugh is not that worried about it. So it could well be that. Andrews is going to is going to be back. We'll see how he does in practice this week. That's what that that's what John Harbaugh said about it. Um, but here's the thing with the Bengals. The Bengals were embarrassing in week one. They were absolutely completely terrible against the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> 24 to 3 loss. Joe Burrow, the guy who just became the highest played payer and you know highest paid player in football like days ago you know what i mean for 14 of 31 for for 82 yards that's not gonna happen again don't don't do that to yourself don't tell you he's fallen off that's not going to happen again another thing right they didn't run the ball particularly well in that game they shut down jamar chase so I, I and and I mean the thing is like Deshaun Watson and the Browns well the, the running game for the Browns was really again what stirred the drink for them. The passing game was not that good. Deshaun Watson's not very good right now. Like Deshaun Watson might low key be kind of cooked. Um, we're gonna have to wait and see on that, but it, it seems like he might be kind of bad. So what does that tell you? You got to be able to run the football now. Again, we just had this conversation. Who's running the football for the Baltimore Ravens? Looks like it's probably going to be a lot of Justice Hill. And you're going to see Gus Edwards in there, particularly in, in short yarded situations. How much burn is Melvin Gordon getting? Okay. Does he suddenly have an opportunity to become the lead dog that he's been at other places? I think that gives you the blueprint, run the ball on the Bengals and opens up everything else. And, I, and that's why I also think you're going to see a little bit more of Lamar Jackson running the football. Now, again, I think that you cannot get lulled into a false sense of security, especially for a Bengals team that is they're coming into another divisional matchup. They're going to be mad. They are going to want to prove that that was a fluke. You have an opportunity here to get Joe Burrow and the Bengals in an 0-2 hole. And I mean, quite frankly, there's right now the Ravens are are they look like easily like like walking away. 
the best team in in the in the AFC North after one week. After one week, okay. But you go ahead and you get the Bengals in an 0-2 hole, and you get that you know kind of early season tiebreaker in your favor. Are you really worried about the Browns? Not that worried about the Browns. The Steelers, look, again, it's one week. Try not to overreact. Kenny Pickett sucks. <laughs> Kenny Pickett's really bad. Um, I, sorry, had to get that out into the universe. Uh, this could be your opportunity to stake your claim to this division this week. Okay. We'll talk about it a little bit more later in the week as you look at the Bengals, what worked, what didn't, what the Ravens can attack, what they're going to be doing going forward. We'll have more on that. But this is a huge game. I mean, it. Yes, it's week two with 16 more games to go out of 17 total. If they lose, not the end of the world. You're one and one. You're going to see them again. And again, the rest of the division doesn't look particularly frightening. So, I mean, you just got to rebound and do your thing. But if you win, to me, that is almost putting that that's that's putting the first fingers on there and getting ready to squeeze and getting ready to seize what is yours and get ready for the playoffs. Okay, and it's again wild to say that two weeks in, but I think that's the truth. That's all I got for this one for Believe in Ravens. I'm Kyrie Thompson. I will catch you later in the week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.